Welcome to The Bull and the Bear, a money and markets podcast. We give you the advice you need to know to make investing safe and profitable. With The Bull and the Bear podcast, you'll get exclusive access to some of the top thinkers, analysts, advisors, and gurus in the investment business. And now for your hosts, Matt Clark and Charles Sizemore. And welcome to another episode of The Bull and the Bear. I'm uh, your host, Matt Clark with moneymarkets.com. Glad you're with us uh, on, on this Friday. It's uh, been an interesting market week, uh, to, to say the least. Uh, we won't talk too much about that but because we have uh, some, some specifics we want to get into. Uh, first off, just to kind of uh, remind everyone, uh, you can listen to The Bull and the Bear podcast uh, on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Google Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on iHeartRadio, and a wealth of other podcast syndicators. So uh, whatever your, your podcast listening uh, venue of choice is, uh, make sure to check us out uh, and, uh, and, and subscribe. Subscribe, leave us a review, leave us a comment, uh, leave, us, uh, leave us a question, anything like that. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com and uh, do a search for the Bull and the Bear podcast and you'll see us. Uh, you'll see us right there, plus all the other videos that we do. We do a, a week ahead uh, video that, uh, that comes out, so we get, kind of give you a look at what Street has planned um, for the week ahead. We do that. Uh, we do that as well. Uh, in fact, that one is already up for next week. So uh, by all means, go and uh, and check that out. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, anything like that, something you'd like uh, one of us to address or all three of us to address, you can email us at the bull and bear at moneyandmarkets.com. I'll try to put the email address down down here and uh, uh, in the video so that you can do that. Also, you can check the show notes and it'll be there as well. Uh, subscribe button for YouTube is uh, down here in the corner. You can uh, just click on that. So love all the people that have subscribed so far and all the feedback that we've gotten. So keep that uh, keep that coming. Today, um, you know, we we we've kind of uh, taken an approach here uh, on on Fridays to discuss you know particular sectors and stocks within those sectors. And and, and this week provided a very interesting opportunity. And and the reason being is that for the longest time. Uh, tech stocks have kind of ruled the roost when it comes to to the stock market. They they have they have they have weathered the storm of coronavirus. Um, they were strong in, in in the bull market that we had for the last decade plus, um, and, and they have up until recently um, ha have done uh, very well even amid uh, economic situations and and the coronavirus stock market roller coaster that uh, investors have been riding on. Uh, of late, however, uh, you know we've seen the tech-heavy Nasdaq start to start to drop off a little bit. The Nasdaq was kind of leading the main market indexes uh, in, in terms of growth. It was beating the S and P, it was beating the Dow, it was beating the Russell 2000. Um, but of late, that it's kind of scaled back a little bit because investors are seemingly taking profits on on their tech stock buys from earlier, and and going into other cyclical industries, uh, things like that. Also. California is, is uh, um, implementing some, some new lockdown measures because of the coronavirus spread. And the reason why that's significant, uh, some people might think, well, what, you know, what's, what, what does that matter? Um, you, know, you have to understand that Silicon Valley is right in, it's in California. And, and so when something like that happens in California, uh, it, it impacts a lot of Silicon Valley companies and Silicon Valley companies are tech. So you see this broadening thought of you know getting out of tech stocks now or at least selling off part of tech stocks now um, because of, of, of what these lockdowns could could mean uh, in the state of California um, you know another factor is we, we've got a, a nice fresh set just when we thought it was past us for a while and it was for a couple months uh, US China tensions and trade are, are creeping back up in the news as as the, you know the, the president has said that uh, phase two 
uh, round of trade talks is not happening, uh, and he's actually criticized the relationship between the U.S. and China. That sparked, uh, you know, a little bit because a lot of supply chains for tech companies here in the United States um, are rooted in China. Uh, you take Apple, for example, and other companies like that, a, a lot of their supply chain is based in China. So you have that kind of pressure, you have that kind of headwind, and, and it, it, it tends to take its toll a little bit on, on tech stocks. Does that mean it's going to last? Um, you know, I would say no. Uh, perhaps Charles, uh, Charles Sizemore, contributor, and Anna, Adam Odell, our chief investment strategist, may disagree, and I'll certainly open the floor up to them to talk about that. But I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think this is a momentary, a momentary thing here, and I, I, don't, I don't necessarily see tech stocks falling off the deep end and going off of a cliff, if you will. Um, I, I think it's just a momentary thing waiting for perhaps other, other indexes and, and, and other sectors to kind of catch up a little bit to, to the pace that tech's been going. Um, and then I think you're going to see once that happens, tech stocks, you know, reclaim their leadership position. Um, and I know Adam has talked about this to to uh, to his readers before, and and uh, I, I think his insights are, are well founded. So um, I do want to bring in uh, chief investment strategist Adam O'Dell, as well as money markets contributor Charles Sizemore. Both welcome uh, to uh, to Friday. Um, and, you know, as we talk about tech stocks, uh, you know, tech has been tech has been strong. Uh, you know, there's there, there's no question about that. It's it's really kind of um, led the market, if you will. And I guess first, Charles, give me your take on 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 this recent kind of drop off. And drop off is, I think, a little bit strong to, to suggest. But you know, give me your take on 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 the performance of tech over the last week or so. Oh sure, yeah, tech has had its. Uh, I can't really call it a correction, but uh, a pause, if you will. Uh, th this is a a, a, a breath. <laughs> it stopped to take a breath. Uh, so we, we definitely have seen uh, tech uh, you know, take take a breather here uh, over the past week or two, and we've been expecting it for a while, but it just it never happened. I, tech had just been ripping higher. Uh, well, it was ripping higher for the last ten years, but particularly uh, after March, it's just it's it's gone parabolic. So uh, I definitely expected some sort of pause. It looks like we're getting it now. Um, I I do tend to agree with you though that this is probably not the end uh, of, of this, this overall theme. Uh, and, and why would that be? Well, what's, uh, as, as Microsoft CEO uh, Nadella said, uh, oh, a few months ago, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing this, and I'm going to butcher his quote, but it was something to the effect of, we've had five years worth of tech adoption happen in two months. Uh, the, the, the virus uh, crisis and the response to it has created this incredible incentive to digitize everything, to uh, virtualize everything, to just revamp all of your processes to make them more uh, amenable to working from home, to make them more amenable to working remotely, to just uh, you know, making so making life continue even in a, in a, in a, a period of social distancing, and that matters because uh, you know look at the news the uh, the coronavirus uh, is it's not this is not over it, the, the it's it's raging out of control now so. You, as you mentioned, you know, uh, California is already kind of going back under lockdown. We're just waiting for the, we're just waiting for the guillotine to drop on us here in, in Texas. We're just all assuming that we're going to go back under lockdown any day now. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, and, and even if you look beyond the U.S., around the rest of the world, it, it's uh, outside of Europe. Uh, it's it's really the same story. Uh, Europe seems to have this under control for now. For now, being the keywords. Uh, Latin America does not, uh, much of Asia does not, Russia does not, uh, it's, it's, it's still ripping through most of the rest of the world. So, uh, the, the, the impetus to, uh, 
the, the, the trends that made the tech stocks do so well since March, those trends are still in place. And even once this crisis subsides, and it eventually will, uh, this is not going to be, it's not going to be like this forever. The, we're not going to go back to doing things with pen and paper. We're not going to go back to having things be overly cumbersome. We're, we're, once you get used to the efficiencies introduced by technology, you don't go retrograde. There's no reason to. So I would be a little bit concerned about uh, hardware tech uh, simply because, as you mentioned, trade tensions with China are bad right now, and I don't necessarily see that getting better. I feel like we have seen the high watermark of globalization as, as we know it. I think for the next several years, really for the foreseeable future, you are going to see really this new new Cold War. Um, it's not, you know, we're not going to fight China with, with bullets or nukes or whatever. It's not going to go down like that. But it, we are, we're not, our, our nations are not friendly right now. And so you're going to see supply chains retrench and go back behind national borders. Uh, that's, that's not reversing. So to, I would say tech that focuses more on services is definitely uh, the, better, the, better, the better trade. And uh, I, I see that trend in tech. Adam, what do, I mean, is that, do you see kind of the same things in your, in your analysis that, you know, this is a momentary blip for, for tech, or do you see this maybe expanding a little bit longer as it might take a little longer for the rest of the market to catch up? Uh, most likely momentary blip um, to kind of give the backstory. I mean, technology is, is a unique sector. It's a unique uh, word even in the sense that uh, of the nine or 11 major U.S. sectors, technology is pervasive through all of them, really. Um, so there's not really just one technology sector. Certainly there are companies that are, are solely technology or, or mainly technology. But you have basically technology. When you say technology, I mean, it's hard to bet against technology. If you're betting against technology, you're betting basically betting against innovation. You're betting against progress. Um, so that's that's kind of a hard bet to make in America or even in, uh, across the world. So, you know, you have you have technology uh, innovations in, in finance. You have technology innovations in the materials and energy sectors. Uh, you even have it in the consumer discretionary sectors to some extent as far as how we, you know, interact with the digital world. So, you know, Technology has had a leadership position for pretty much this entire uh, past decade for this current bull market. And, um, you know, I will say in full disclosure, I, I run a service called 10x Profits, where we basically are either in a, we're either long the market or we're short the market, one of the two, based on what my model says, as far as, uh, you know, whether we want to be risk on or risk off. And years ago, I decided rather than choosing the S&P 500 or the Dow Jones Industrial Average, or the uh, small cap Russell 2000 index, rather than choosing those ETFs as our main uh, in the market, you know, risk one ETF, I chose a 2X leveraged NASDAQ 100 ETF. So basically when, when my model says that everything is clear and that we wanna be invested in stocks for, to, do, to participate in that bull run, uh, we buy one simple ETF. That ETF is 2X leveraged uh, NASDAQ 100 stocks. So basically it's the tech heavy stocks. It's, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google. Um, so, you know, in full disclosure, you know, my subscribers right now are long uh, 2x all of the things uh, because we are we are in risk on mode right now, uh, and that's a great trade in, during a bull run. I mean, for instance, we got a buy signal on that trade in uh, mid January of 2019. We held that trade until we were able to take 100% profit in uh, in late February, right right as the market started to peak. Uh, so that was a 13 month trade. 100% profit in an ETF, but it was um, it was in a leadership position because tech stocks stocks have been leading 
uh, all other types of stocks in the U.S. Um, that said, I've seen some concerning concerning things in the tech stocks recently this week. Um, you can see it kind of like just with your eyes, but um, I wrote about this uh, this week to some of my subscribers in uh, Cycle Nine Alert. Basically, um, we took some profits. We took three trades off of our books with, for for pretty large profits because I see the, the higher probability of a pullback uh, starting. It's not really pullback territory yet, but what I'm seeing is that this week's price action creates what's called either an outside bar or uh, what's also called a bearish engulfing candlestick pattern. And I wrote about this because this was really one of the first uh, patterns I learned to trade like 15 years ago when I was trading foreign currencies uh, for a prop firm. And basically what it is, it's a very strong signal of a change in the predominant um, sentiment of, of the market and who's in control of the market trend. So for the past several months, the buyers have been in control. Anybody that's been bullish the market has been buying stocks and bidding up the prices higher and higher and higher. They've been in control of the bears, so to speak. So what happened this week is that, you know, just as we've done in, in recent weeks, the stocks started making new highs. And so when we make another high, new high during the week, you think everything's just business as usual, that you know, the bulls are still in control and that people still have buying appetite. But then what happened is a, is a reversal intra-week. Um, so we're likely gonna close the week lower in NASDAQ 100 stocks, probably most indices. And um, the other important thing about this pattern is that the range of this week, the high to low range, it fully encompasses the high to low range of last week meaning that we have a larger range of prices. And that just shows that there was a really large swing. Within one week's time, there's a change in sentiment from buyers being willing to bid up prices to new highs to suddenly prices closing lower toward the lows of the week and even lower than yesterday, last week's low. So that, um, that doesn't mean that we're destined for a pullback, um, but it does kind of indicate that the, the odds are growing that we'll have something of a pause in, in the price um, momentum and something of a pullback. The other thing to note is that we're getting uh, what we'll call divergences. So typically when you see one market index make new highs like the NASDAQ 100 has, so tech stocks are making new highs over the uh, basically over the past month or so. The S&P 500, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, uh, the Russell 2000, um, Chinese stocks, emerging market stocks, those have not quite made new highs yet. So really what we want to see for confirmation that the bull market continue higher is those other indices making new highs along with NASDAQ 100 stocks. If it's just NASDAQ 100 stocks, that means that the market is thin and it's really not supported by a, a wider range of, of stocks. So that's kind of what I'm concerned about right now. It could be a momentary blip, uh, something to keep an eye on. It doesn't mean to sell everything, uh, but as always, you know, follow the systems and just keep an eye on it. Very good. Now I want to go through kind of a quick fire, uh, a quick fire round here because I, I pulled, as I have the last couple of podcasts, I pulled three stocks. Um, they are they are all tech stocks and they are all names that that you likely know. Uh, you know, in fact, I, at least one of them everyone knows, and and the other two you probably have a pretty good idea of. And, and I want to kind of go around the room, if you will, and, and and get and get your takes on them. The first one is, uh, you know, the one that everybody knows. It's the one that, that is a household name and has been for quite some time. Um, bear in mind, this company started as a retail bookseller and has now grown to one of the, to the largest online retail powerhouse in the world. And it's an, it expanded into cloud infrastructure and, and, and all sorts of things. Very, a very diverse company um, that, that is very rich in terms of share price. And that's Amazon.com, NASDAQ, AMZN. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's kind of the, with Apple and, and with other FANG stocks, it, it, it kind of marches to its, to its beat and tech stocks tend to, tend to follow. So um, I'll, I'll first get to Charles, your thoughts on, on Amazon.com briefly. Sure, sure. 
I love Amazon. I, this is to me is a stock that uh, well, there's the short term picture and there's that forever picture. There's a very, very small number of stocks I would ever say that you could probably just buy, drop in a drawer and forget about for 20 years. Amazon is one of those. Uh, I, I think once the history books are written, Jeff Bezos is going to be considered right up there with you know Carnegie and uh, Rockefeller and you know, the Ford, you know, the great uh, American capitalist. You know, Bezos is going to be uh, on that Mount Rushmore of capitalism. If they ever if they ever carved one, his face would be on it. So uh, I, I love it. Yeah, they they basically invented internet commerce as we know it today. They invented cloud computing as we know it today. Uh, what are they going to invent next? I don't know. Um, that said, it's uh, I, I wouldn't be in a hurry to buy it right now. I, I might wait to see what happens with this little pullback, see if we get a better entry point. Um, if you're wanting to initiate a position, I would say maybe average in. But uh, this is one I'd be very comfortable owning, not just now, but really forever. Adam, what are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I have a hard time betting against Amazon as well. It's clearly dominant, uh, clearly has, uh, you know, a great track record. Um, the thing is, I, 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 like Charles, you know, would not buy it right now. Uh, my Cycle 9 system, which identifies trend and momentum moves over a two to three month period, uh, gave a signal on Amazon in, uh, in February, late February, basically as the market started to roll over because it wasn't rolling over as, as badly. Um, so that trade is now, and that ended up, you know, a profitable trade. But uh, that trade is now over. So what that means is that the next three months are basically average odds or even lower than average uh, for Amazon rather than buying it in uh, late February. Um, as far as my longer term view on Amazon, again, it's hard to bet against it. On my longer term six factor green zone fortunes ranking model, uh, Amazon rates 85. So it gets a low score on size because it's a huge company. It gets a low score on value. I mean, there's 87% of the market that's a better value than Amazon right now at current prices. But at the same time, uh, it's momentum, it's low volatility, it's uh, quality score, and it's growth score are all in the 90s. So overall, it rates 85 out of uh, 85 out of 100 on my longer term model. So you know, it really is hard to hard to bet against Amazon. The thing is, if you own a Nasdaq 100 ETF like QQQ. Or if you're in my 10x profits uh, trading service, where we own the 2x leveraged version of that, you own shares of Amazon. Okay, so you're owning, you know, 100 tech stocks, including Amazon. Uh, you may even own own it 2x leveraged if you if you own the 2x leveraged ETF. So you know, my opinion is I'm happy to own a little bit of Amazon through the ETF. Uh, I don't necessarily need to own uh, shares outright. So that's my take. And that's kind of my thought. To me, Amazon is just expensive. It's just, it's a very pricey, pricey stock. It's a great, it's a great stock to own. It's a great company to invest in. I think it's a, it's a good, you know, buy and hold type of a type of a company to have. It's just, its entry point is, is extremely expensive. So I kind of agree. I think Charles kind of hit it, hit it pretty good in saying that, you know, maybe, maybe we find a better entry point as, 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 as things start to, you know, continue to subside a bit. Um, but overall, I, it, I, I agree. It's very hard to bet against a company that has the track record that Amazon has. Moving on to, uh, to our next company. This is one that um, has been a hot stock since the coronavirus. This has been, since March, this company has taken off and, and, and flown. It's, it's been massive just because of, um, you know, the coronavirus forcing millions of Americans to work from home. As you can see, the three of us are, 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 are working from, from our respective remote locations. We're not in, a, in an official office, as you can see. It's a video conferencing platform, video voice chat, uh, content sharing, all, all that great stuff. It also has an enterprise cloud phone system. And of course, I'm talking about Zoom Video Communications Incorporated. 
uh, trades under NASDAQ, under ZM. Uh, and, and this one I think is interesting, but I want to get, yeah, I want to get Charles and Adam's take first. Charles, I'll start with you. What, what's your thoughts on Zoom? Sure. Uh, I like Zoom, uh, I think, more than almost any other uh, relatively new company out there. Zoom was really the right company at the right time to deal with this pandemic. Uh, we have a million competitors. You can consider Skype a competitor. I don't know, WebEx. Uh, what are some of the others? Uh, GoToMeeting. There's, there's a million of these companies that all do to some extent or another, the same thing, enable you know, virtual meetings. Zoom seems to do it a little bit better than the rest. Uh, you know, there's been issues with, with privacy on it. Those are, have already really been addressed. Uh, there's always gonna be something, of course. Uh, Zoom seems to be on top of it and their technology really is great. My concerns about Zoom are that just as Zoom came out of nowhere to sort of uh, you know, knock all these other rival companies off their pedestal. You know, Zoom's kind of become the de facto. You talk about, instead of saying, um, you know, hey, Google that, you say, hey, let's, let's have a Zoom. You know, Zoom meeting doesn't even necessarily mean a Zoom meeting. It just means a virtual meeting. It doesn't even have to be, you know, Zoom has become a, a verb at this point or now. Both. You can, can you Zoom somebody? Is that a verb? Well, I digress. Anyway, um, it's, it's become an iconic company that, in that respect. Uh, my concern is uh, there could be another, another competitor that knocks them off in another six months, who knows. But, but more than that, uh, the company isn't profitable. And so um, my, my view on that is, look, it's still a relatively early stage tech company. It hasn't been around that long. So the lack of profitability by itself is not a deal breaker. Uh, I would view Zoom more as a shorter term trade than a longer term investment based on that though. I also think that perhaps we should wait and see um, what happens with this little you know, mini correction we're in before I, before I would jump in. So I like it, I just I probably wouldn't buy it today. Okay, Adam, what do you think? Yeah, so uh, Zoom and Zooming is absolutely a verb, as far as I know. Um, funny story, my dad is, is an attorney, and he uh, specializes in mediation. So he basically, I'm, I'm from West Virginia, and he drives all over the state of West Virginia to, to meet in person, or has for the past several years, uh, to meet in person with two different parties that don't want to go to a trial, and they want to try to uh, settle their differences. So they get in two different conference rooms, and he tries to mediate their, their dispute. So it's very, uh, you know, he's on the road all the time. He's in face-to-face -face meetings. And so when this, um, you know, all the lockdowns happened, I was curious how he would handle that. And uh, he's a sole proprietor, so he kind of runs his own book. And um, so, you know, I was talking to my mom at one point. I said, well, what's that doing? Is he on conference calls? And, he, and she said, oh, no, he's Zooming. And so uh, he, had, he basically figured out, you know, he needed to adapt. Um, you know, so Charles's quote as far as, uh, you know, two months or five years worth of adoption in two months, I can definitely see that at least in what my dad was doing. Um, my dad would never have been a Zoomer had he, uh, not, had he not had the necessity to. So this, uh, you know, the, in, the mother of all invention is necessity, I guess. So, um, you know, I certainly see how it's a hot stock right now. I see how it's, um, you know, gained in popularity. It was perfect timing as far as it coming on the market just a couple of years ago and then uh, having this, this coronavirus um, you know, I also agree with uh, Charles, it's more of a trade than a long-term investment. And right now, I think the trade is over. Um, you know, so my Cycle 9 system gave a three-month buy signal in uh, early March on Zoom, and, uh, and that trade is long over. Um, so I'm seeing the same type of reversal pattern, this, this bearish engulfing candle in Zoom that I saw in the entire NASDAQ 100. 
Um, so I, th I definitely think we're kind of due for a pullback in uh, shares of Zoom. Also, more of my concerns uh, longer term, Charles touched on this. Uh, I think Zoom maybe had one profitable quarter recently, but their PDE is like 1,488. Uh, it's almost 1,500. Uh, so as far as my longer term six factor ranking model, it ranks uh, five out of 100 on value, meaning there are 95 companies, 95 percent of all companies out there are, are trading at better price to earnings, price to book, price to sales, price to cash flow ratios. Um, you know, the other concerning factor is just the volatility in the stock. So, you know, typically lower volatility stocks uh, earn more longer term returns than, than high volatility stocks. So ultimately, um, you know, Zoom rates basically in the middle of the pack. And uh, as far as my overall model, uh, a number of the factors are very risk factors. Uh, I think the trade is overdone. Uh, so I would not be getting into it at this point. And I agree. This is a, a, I think this is becoming an extremely overvalued stock at this point. Um, you know, I, you touched on it with, with the PDE ratio of 1,488. The industry average, by the way, is 45. So, uh, you know, that's just, that's, that's a huge discrepancy. And, and, you know, price to sales is at 91. The industry average is seven. Uh, then you have the price to cash flow, 873. The industry average is 32. So yeah, I think, you know, I recommended this back in, in March and it did very, very well. I think it still has maybe a short bit of run left, uh, but I think it's going to come to an end. If it hasn't already, it's going to come to an end here very, very quickly. So if you have, if you're, if you're in it, you know, you, you might want to think about, you know, moving somewhere else. Um, if you're not in it, maybe a good time to just go ahead and, and, and look past just, just a bit. Cause I think, I think this is a, a stock who's in a very competitive field. As Charles said, you know, even Microsoft and Google offer options that do the basic functions of what Zoom does. It may not be as robust. It may not be as, as strong of a platform, but, you know, it's all basically the same. It's all basically the same thing, the ability to video chat back and forth, which is what businesses are primarily using it for. Okay, moving on to our third and final company real quick. Uh, this one is another one that I, I recommended back in March. And it has done, it is, it blew up like gangbusters uh, since, since, you know, we recommended it on Money and Markets. This is before Adam's time, by the way, just so everyone is in full context. Um, it has gone up about 180%. So it has been a, a, a massive win. Um, and, and it's a company that you, you really flew under the radar. Um, and even now, I, I think it's a company that is still kind of under the radar with the exception of the fact that it's gained so much. That's what's put it in, 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 in the eye of investors. Otherwise, it would be a company that you probably wouldn't think of. And it's DocuSign Incorporated, uh, trades NASDAQ under DOCU. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll start again with Charles. Charles, your thoughts on DocuSign? Yeah, so I love the product. Um, I used to run my own small firm, and uh, I had the problem of always kind of being on the road, being on an airplane, being in a foreign country. The idea of FedExing documents back and forth was really inconvenient to me even 10 years ago. I mean, I, I don't know how, uh, I don't know how anybody still does business like that, but I mean, some people still FedEx stuff back and forth. Um, so I tried different things, you know, I had, um, you know, tried, uh, just, Hey, you could print this out, sign it and scan it back to me, but that's not, nobody wants to do that either. And then uh, DocuSign came around. DocuSign makes closing a house, something you can do in seconds, clicking through, um, opening a, a financial account, something you can do in seconds, just click through, uh, execute any sort of legal contract. You can just click through and you're done. It's robust. It's actually safer and more secure than people think, oh, well, it's a wet signature. I mean, that's safe. Not really. 
if you sign a paper contract, what's to stop the, the, the other person from taking pages out of the thing you signed, putting in other pages and stapling it together? What's to, to say somebody didn't forge your signature? Something like DocuSign is it's an intact PDF that has a bunch of security junk. Security junk is actually a, a technical term by the way, you can look that up, uh, it's a technical term. It has a bunch of security junk embedded in the, uh, the PDF so that you can't tamper with it. So if you, if you docu-sign a document, it's, it's essentially tamper-proof. Or if somebody did tamper with it, it'd be really easy to figure that out with, um, with, with forensics. So anyway, I, I digress, uh, great product. Um, I think my, my, my issue with DocuSign is really the same as with Zoom. It's not a profitable company. Um, I really think at this stage, DocuSign really ought to be profitable. It's, um, it's a bad sign to me that they're not. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't like that. And um, I, I think it's, it's probably, uh, this is probably not the best time to enter it. I would wait and see what happens with this little pullback first. I would say the business, the underlying business still has a lot of runway left. I just think the stock might've gotten ahead of it in the short term. Adam, what do you think about DocuSign? Yeah, I more or less verbatim uh, see it as Charles sees it. Uh, not profitable. Uh, got caught up kind of as a cult stock in the in the coronavirus. Um, a great product. I am surprised we haven't been doing business this way for longer. Um, we're not going to go back to pen and paper. So, you know, the company is going to exist and uh, the product or that type of a product will continue to exist. But it rates very mediocre on, on my model uh, as far as the the short term, the trade is overdone. I also got a short term buy signal in March on this, uh, but it's so far stretched from the 200 day moving average, um, getting the same type of reversal signals in DocuSign. Um, so if you were in it, uh, you know, three, four or five months ago, take your profits and, and, and enjoy them. Uh, certainly it was a great trade, but it, I think it's done now. And uh, longer term, I would certainly not buy it at these valuations. Yeah, it's, uh, it's overpriced. It's return ons are I mean, not great at all. In fact, the return on uh, return on assets, return on equity, return on investments are all in the negative at this point. And and I'm I'm kind of with you guys. At this point, you would think it would find a way to make money. I, mean, I know it's it's it makes its money on subscription bases where you know businesses can buy subscriptions to be able to send unlimited amounts of documents back and forth. They have a free version where you get I think you can scan how many documents and sign how many documents you want, but you can only send three. So I, I get that, but but yeah, I, I think it's a it's a great business. It's it's a great model, um, and it's something that is probably going to be you know adapted even more widespread now with with you know a second wave of coronavirus getting back uh, coming back into play. Yeah, but in terms of, of DocuSign, I, again, you know we we enjoyed great gains from it when we recommended it back in March. But if you're not in it, probably want to stay back a little bit and wait and see, uh, you know how, how this pullback plays out. So. Um, that, that's, that's kind of our take on those three very, very big stocks, uh, very, very, very good stocks to analyze. They kind of cover a wide range of tech. Um, and parting hey, shots. Brad, if I can jump in. You can, sure. If I can jump in, you picked three great stocks and these are stocks that everybody's aware of. And, and one point I want to make is it's kind of, kind of intuitive, but you can oft, often make more money on stocks that you haven't heard of or that everyone hasn't heard of than the ones that everyone has heard of. Um, uh, for instance, the stocks we covered today, um, I run a, a program called Green Zone Fortunes. And basically, it's a high conviction, longer term uh, stock buys based on my six factor model, which includes momentum, size, volatility, value, quality and growth. And basically, I'm able to give any stock a score from zero to 100, 100 being best. So just for instance, the stocks we talked about today, uh, DocuSign was rated at 50. 
Zoom was rated 56 and Amazon was rated 85, but you're aware of all those stocks. Um, there is one stock that I just recommended this month in uh, that service, Green Zone Fortunes. It's a technology company, but it actually operates in the energy space. So that's what I was talking about earlier is that technology is pervasive through all the different sectors. Um, so this is kind of an under the radar company that you haven't probably heard of as, as much as some of the others, but it operates in the solar energy space. And whereas Amazon's rated 85, this company earns an overall rating of 93. Uh, it's, it's, it's technology is it basically earned 400 and over 420 patents last year, more than any other solar company. Um, and it rates very highly on all six of the factors. So there's really no weak spot in this stock. Um, the solar industry, I mean, you can think what you want of it as far as being a, a tree hugger industry or, you know, I, I come from West Virginia, so I come from coal country. And I know that a lot of people have their livelihood tied to, to older fossil fuels. But if, you, if you're an investor, what you should really care about is looking ahead and looking where the technology is going. So solar, for instance, the cost of solar has come down 85% in just the last six years. Um, and that's happening like basically under people's eyes and people are not aware how fast it's, it's happening. So I think the next six years for solar are going to be gangbusters. And uh, like I said, in my service, Green Zone Fortunes, uh, which we can probably put a link in uh, in the show notes. Um, I've just come out with a, a buy recommendation on, on the best solar stock in, in the industry of about 14 stocks. It earns a 93 rating overall. So again, you can kind of make, you know, often make more gains on the stocks you haven't heard about than the ones that everybody's talking about. And that's and I think that's something interesting and, and brings up a whole other topic we can talk about at another time. And, and that is, you know, the propensity of, of especially beginning investors to think of, okay, you know, I need to look at these big companies that I've, I've only heard of. And that's great. I mean, if that's what you choose to do, that's, that's fine. That's acceptable. I mean, it's your trading strategy, it's your money, you do what you want. But I think there's something to be said about looking for those diamonds in the rough, if you will, or, you know, the, those, those companies that aren't getting headlines that you don't see TV commercials about, you know, because those, those types of companies are where you're going to find those gems. And, and Adam, Adam talked about his services and I'll, I'll just, I'll hype it a little bit more. Um, you know, that's what he does. That, that's, that's what he does. He, you know, you're not, I, you might, I guess, but you know, you're not going to see Amazon. You're not going to see, you know, these big companies. He says, okay, now is the time to do that. He's going to be doing his research. He's going to be looking and doing his homework to see, okay, what are these hidden companies that you may not know about that have the opportunity to return you solid gains? And that's what Adam does. And, 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 and to his credit, he does it very well. I think as an investor, you've got to, you know, broaden your horizons a little bit. Don't have the tunnel vision of just trying to find a larger mega cap company that you've heard of in order to make gains because odds are their market movement isn't going to be nearly as, 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 as wide in terms of gains provided to you as some of these unknown companies that may be a little smaller in scope, but still have the potential to, to, to return and to give you solid returns. So uh, I, I think that's a great point. That's a great, a, a great note to end on right there, Adam. And I appreciate you bringing that up. That's uh, um, definitely sound advice for, for, for people, for listeners uh, of the podcast, but um, that's going to bring our show to a close here on this Friday. Uh, I'm certainly glad that you've all joined us here on the bull and the bear podcast. Uh, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. We've got all, our entire catalog of podcasts is on Apple Podcasts. It's also on Google Podcasts and uh, Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can check out this episode and many others. Uh, the others we've done, this is actually our 25th episode so uh, of the Bull and the Bear podcast since we started about three months ago. So uh, I'd like to thank everyone who has supported us uh, uh, during this time and continue to do so. Also, you can listen to us on, uh, on, on YouTube. You can see the video or if you want to see 
just exactly what these three guys look like. You mean you can do that on, on YouTube after you see it for the first time, you may decide that's not a good idea, but I certainly encourage you to, uh, to do so. Just go to youtube.com and uh, type in the bull and the bear podcast and you'll, uh, you'll see us right there. So uh, that's going to bring it to a close. If everyone has a great weekend for uh, uh, money markets, chief investment strategist, Adam O'Dell and contributor, Charles Sizemore. I'm your host, Matt Clark. And until next week, safe trading, everyone. You've been listening to The Bull and the Bear, a money and markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you.